everything that's beautiful and close to you doesn't last forever. To me, that's what this project is about. It's about finding beauty in what's broken. I could care less if they become potters. <laughs> you know, it's not about pottery. It's about finding and, and loving the new you. And as you have different chapters in your life, you can only hang out your hat on being a veteran for so long. There's got to be something more to you. And I have to hope that for myself. Because how anticlimactic is my life now, right? I was on top of the world when I was in my mid-twenties. I'm in trouble, you know? Hi, I'm Kelly Lynch. Welcome to A New Normal, a podcast about reimagining a future that starts with each one of us. So here we are with the first of our Be The Change stories, stories about people who are being the change that they would like to see in their own communities. You'll notice that these stories are formatted a little bit differently, and we're going to try and keep them a bit shorter than the other podcast episodes. This week, our guest is Matt Marash, a former infantry paratrooper and Green Beret turned potter and healer. Starting a few years ago, Matt began losing a number of his veteran friends to suicide. And while he was struggling to reinvent himself, Matt decided to start looking for ways to bring veterans together to build the kind of close relationships they once felt with their military brothers and sisters. And Veteran Potter's House was born. I have to tell you, I love this story. And it's not only because this warrior-turned-artist-and-healer narrative seems so unlikely. I love that as a guy whose successes in life have had nothing to do with living from his soft side, Matt is among the most humble, sensitive, open, and vulnerable people I know. I also love this story because Matt is kind of like a younger brother to me. He was our neighbor in the mountains outside Boulder, Colorado, and one of my brother's best friends. These days, he lives in Minnesota, but he's still a member of my virtual community and my extended family. And finally, I love this story because it illustrates so much of what I'm learning from this Plan B podcast project. In an ever more on your own, disconnected and polarized America, and at a time when so many of us can feel isolated from others, both physically and mentally. Matt's story reveals so much about the good that can come from connecting with others and the healing that comes when we tip the scales from me back towards we. Matt Marash, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. You and I have been talking about this venture for a couple of years now, but maybe you could start by telling us a little bit about yourself and then we'll move into talking about what you're building. I've been working with databases for just over 20 years now for a company in the Minneapolis area. And previous to that, I was in the Army and I served with the 82nd Airborne Division as an infantry paratrooper during Desert Storm and Desert Shield. And then soon after getting back from Desert Storm. That's when I met my wife. It was a great change, 
and still with her after 28 years. And I uh, tried out for special forces about the same time that I met her. And the first three years of our marriage, I was around for all of about six months of the time. And the rest of it, I was traveling around South Central America or, uh, or in school. After I got done with special forces, decided to get out and get back to uh, college. And that's when I went into technology. So what uh, transpired is a few years ago, something about, you know, knowing a lot of combat veterans and seeing, you know, how as we all age, we fight with reinventing ourselves because you were brought in and you had a lot of success being the warrior. It was pride. It was your, you know, physical presence. It was being the protector. And that really made who you were as a person. But as you age, your body can't keep up with that, either mentally or physically anymore. And I noticed that there was a lot of people that seemed like they had great lives and things were going good for them that were committing suicide within my veteran network. So that really concerned me. And it also concerned me just knowing as a veteran that you miss the really close relationships that you had with, with the people that you served with. And I noticed that veterans tend to, you know, when you meet another veteran, there's an instant respect. You break through a lot of barriers really quick with each other. So I was trying to think of a, a good way to uh, bring veterans together. And initially I was thinking of knife making and doing artwork with metal. And I had a friend that was doing that in Wisconsin who had just left his day job. And he made beautiful, beautiful knives. His name was Scott Horn. And he owned the Airborne Knife Company. I had a friend that was doing blacksmithing and I thought that was the answer for getting veterans together. And then I realized how physically hard that is. And I'm like, hey, maybe that's not a good idea as I'm getting old. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I might not be able to do that too long without getting blacksmith elbow or something like that. So I was searching for something and not far after that, my friend Scott Horn passed away, got the news and he was another one that fell to suicide. Isn't that your friend who was making the knives? Yes, oh, yes, and he no. left his day job. He did a beautiful work. He had orders lined up and so, you know, I was still searching, trying to find something and it dawned on me, my parents both did pottery while I was growing up. And I thought, well, why don't I start with pottery? And pottery was like the perfect solution in my mind, because you can learn hand building, you can do carving, you can do sculpture, you can do glazing, you can get lost and spend years in the chemistry part of it. You could also just be happy firing the kiln and working on that aspect of it. Two years ago in September was my first pottery lesson. So I started classes at Edina Art Center in Edina, Minnesota, taking a class or two a week and did that for about a period of a year. And I, I found that after a while with the classes that really needed more time behind the wheel. So I found another art studio I pay a membership fee and I get a key so I can come and go as I want. I've been there for exactly a year now. 
And it's a great community, lots of artists to share stories with and share, uh, you know, different experiences with pottery and, and help each other out to inspire each other. The other thing that's really great about pottery is the social interaction. As a potter, you know, I can go and talk to other artists of all sorts of different backgrounds and beliefs. You know, there's people that are just polar opposites with me politically. And we come together and we know each other are totally different in all these areas. And we'll have a discussion and they laugh because they know where I'm coming from. And we laugh and we're, we're going to disagree, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. You know, see them the next day and we're still friends. We're able to share those, those differences and able to communicate some different ways of looking at it. But we all have a love for pottery. And, you know, finding that connecting point and that common ground, it just opens up so many different areas for communication. So tell us more about what you're looking to set up and what you hope that it will do. So what ideally I'd have is a 12-wheel studio where we have 12 potter's wheels and also some slab rolling and some other equipment and a glazing area and several kilns. And what we would do is start by providing a place for veterans to learn pottery and to go and assist with the different areas of the pottery from the sales to the um, sitting down and, and, and throwing pottery together and teaching each other and also work on the social interaction of bringing them out into the community, also bringing the community inside of the studio so that we can provide a place for art therapy where certified counselors come in. And also by interacting with different churches. And one of my ideas is to bring the pottery into churches for sales instead of art shows where we you know, have a circuit of different churches and then a percentage of all of the sales then goes back to sponsoring a youth group or support groups, 12-step programs and such, where they can come in for one night a week for the matter of a couple months. And that would be sponsored by this group of veterans who have learned skills and crafts within pottery in that area. And, and it helps provide them then with a place within the community where they're active and they're making a difference in, in the lives of others and finding a different mechanism other than, you know, just being a veteran to relate to others in the community. And there's also the mentorship, right? Okay, how do we right. take it the next level? How do I go and mentor the next person? So that, you know, it's about a bunch of people coming together and mentoring each other. And that creation really doesn't stop with just the creation of the nonprofit. It's the creation of the relationships and bonds and the mentoring and encouraging people to do more for others. Is there something about the medium that you think will help people address specific challenges that they may have? Or is it really just about the opportunity to be creative? I think there's something being creative. And I think that it's also just very challenging. I mean, it's, it's, and it's very grounding. 
there's so many parallels between pottery and life as it exists. One is, you know, you have to be centered, right? Just like in your life, you, you know, you have to be centered. And that centering means, you know, that, yeah, you've got to be physically active. You've got to be mentally active. You've got to be spiritually active. You can't have a higher purpose without a higher power. You need to eat right. You need to find that center. And that's much like centering a piece of clay. It's also, there's something about when you eat or drink out of a utensil that you made, it's very centering. There's nothing like the feeling of pouring a cup of coffee and having that and holding it in your hands with something that you made and started off as a piece of dirt. And even when you start pottery and you're first doing it and it's very basic, there's still something about this is something that I created and I take pride in it. And there's something about that because it forces you to find beauty and imperfection. And that to me is the key to finding peace in life. There's a lot of veterans out there. A lot of them are very high functioning in society and nobody would ever think that anything's not perfect in their lives. But there's such a herd mentality and you're part of a bigger group. It's like a pack of wolves, right? And the minute that you leave the service, you leave your pack and you really can struggle years and years not finding a pack again. Many of us, we are, are, you know, my wife, I've been with her for 28 years, have a wonderful marriage, but she doesn't get me like my veteran friends get me. And there's just that camaraderie that is missed. And I think that is one of the one of the most important things. And this gives a, a, an excuse to do that over something that's not going to the VFW or the American Legion and not alcohol centric. You know, as I look back now, when I got back from Desert Storm and Shield, just how numb I was. Processing some of that and processing, you know, how you compartmentalize things it takes years to do that and and you find success in being as, as a ranger and an ex-green beret you know matt soft side that's not what made me successful but you know as i've gotten older it's like i welcome that part back it's it's part of me it's it's back to being a kid and, and that's how i was created and and it's a beautiful thing to you know have weakness and that's how i'm meant to be you know, so that's just one small example of something that's taken years for me to decompose and be able to figure out that that's okay. And that's being sensitive and in touch with your feelings is actually healthy. Life sometimes hands you some hard things, you know, there's some tough jagged pills that you got to swallow and, and, you know, there's good support groups out there and there's people that have experienced things similar to you and it's very important to use them and very important to have that network. And, you know, very important to focus on self-improvement. To me, it's about 
getting in a room, spending time with people and being able to be not just like a pottery mentor, but a life mentor as well. So I guess you could say you also want to work as a healer. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting because yeah, I'm not going to mention my first mentor's name, but, you know, we, we talked and he said, uh, people just don't understand me, Matt. To be connected and know that there's somebody that you can tell anything to, no matter how dark it is, and that there won't be judgment for it. There's something special about that, and, and it is healing. And, and somebody that can relate to having had hard times that are out of their control, you know, and, and how did you deal with it? There's power in that, and there's power in community. And, and the silent killer really is being alone. It's isolation. Sometimes it's not physical isolation, but just mental isolation. Nobody relates with me, so I'm not going to share what I'm really feeling. I couldn't figure out what to name this, and I wanted it to be something special, so I took it to the Bible, and out of Jeremiah 18, it says, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, go down to the potter's house, and I will give you my message. So I went to the potter's house, I saw him working at the wheel, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred by his hands, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, he said, can I not do with you, Israel, as the potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so you are in my hand, Israel. So that to me was like, this is, it's about transformation. It's about transformation of the individual. It's about transformation of what you're doing with your hands. And furthermore, it's about finding beauty in what's broken everything that's beautiful and close to you doesn't last forever. To me, that's what this project is about. I could care less if they become potters. <laughs> you know, It's not about pottery. It's about finding and, and loving the new you. And as you have different chapters in your life, you can only hang out your hat on being a veteran for so long. There's got to be something more to you. And I have to hope that for myself, because how anticlimactic is my life now, right? I was on top of the world when I was in my mid-20s. <laughs> you know? I'm in trouble, you know? I was like, okay, yeah, I'm a Green Beret, and now I go to ranger school, and I'm like, yeah, you know, what, how am I going to push myself further, you know? Some point in time in your life, you need to find peace. And you can't do that without transforming you know, your, your, your reality. And, and, and to me, that's what this project is really about. Looking ahead, do you have any particular timeframes for all of this? Or is this just something that you will evolve as you go along? So I think there's a little bit of both. The realistically uh, of, you know, evolving. And, and my timeline is, is I would ideally like in five years to have this be my full-time thing. 
but I, I don't know that I'll be ready financially in five years. I don't know if the community will be ready to support me in five years. There's a lot of pieces to it. So really right now, I just want to enjoy the path. This has obviously been a long road and there's still a lot of road left to travel. What advice do you have for people who might be considering setting up something in their own backyard? I would say number one, start simple. Don't go for everything all at once. And number two, you know, network and communicate, talk to others about it, pray about it, and be careful because you will find a lot of people in the community that will want to partner and want to talk you into a bigger role and a bigger enterprise and be very mindful of what's healthy for you and keep it simple. That's great advice. So Matt, where can people find you, your work? I mean, Who knows, maybe somebody wants to buy your work. Maybe some other person wants to talk to you about mentoring or whatever the case may be. Where can people, how can people find you? The best place is on Facebook at Veteran Potter's House. That's the best place right now. Um, I don't have an Etsy store set up yet. That's on my to-do list. And there's some great videos on YouTube under Veteran Potter's House. Some of the firing process that I do is a Riku firing po- process. It's a Japanese form. The Zen Buddhists used to use it for tea ceremonies. And it's really cool because you, you go and you fire it to just under 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. And you open the kiln and you pull it out while it's cherry hot and you transfer it onto organic material in a, in a secondary chamber, trash can basically, lined with some fire bricks in the bottom. And you drop it on newspaper and, uh, and you end up with really beautiful effects. All right, Matt. Well, thank you so, so much for talking with us today and for sharing all of that. Really appreciate it. All right, take, take care. care. Bye-bye. Bye. it's me again. I really hope that you enjoyed Matt's story. And if you know somebody who has a great story that we should feature on the podcast, you can find our contact information along with everything else at our website, anewnormalpodcast.com. Check it out. It's Thanksgiving next week, so we won't be here, but we will be back the following week with another episode. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.